So today we're going to continue our series, The Characters of Christmas. And one of the things we're going to do is we're going to go in a completely different direction today. Um, we're going to look at the role of some characters who really aren't talked a lot about, but yet they've been in every single week. They, they've been in every story that we've touched on. And not only are they, they present, but in fact they play a pivotal role in the entire Christmas story. And we're going to be talking about the angels. And you know, as you think about it, there's so many different um, Christmas carols that include angels. You know, angels we have heard on high. It came upon a midnight clear. Hark the herald angels sing. Angels from the realms of glory. They all point towards this angelic choir who tells of the birth of the Messiah. And it gives us that point you know, as we look through it. And angels have appeared in every single week so far. If you think about the first week, we talked about Zacharias and Elizabeth, and an angel appeared to Zacharias, telling him that his prayer to have a child had been answered. And we saw that back in Luke chapter 1. And then we saw that an angel told Mary that she would have a child, and to name her child Jesus, and that was in Luke chapter 1, verse 30. And an angel also went to Joseph, who, remember, was going to leave Mary. And the angel came and told him to go ahead and take Mary as his wife. And we saw that in Matthew. And then finally, last week, we saw how the angels appeared to the shepherds. And they announced that the Messiah had been born. And we saw that in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 and 13. So you see, the presence of angels in the Christmas story calls our attention to the birth of a king. It's about the royalty. It's about God entering into his world in human flesh. And it's, you know, all throughout history, people have used the angels in the Christmas stories for so many different and crazy things. You think about the verse um, Luke 2.14. Luke 2.14, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Man, the secular world loves to use that. Of course, they generally take the first part off. They won't put glory to God in the highest, but boy, they're very quick to put peace on earth and goodwill towards men. You see it on t-shirts. You see it inside Christmas cards. You see it on bumper stickers. Everyone will talk about, you know, peace, peace on earth. Peace on earth. Goodwill to all men. And these are people who don't even believe in Jesus. They don't even believe in the creation. But they'll use these words to try and get people to buy something. And today, even as they continue to do this, what they don't realize is it all comes back to glory to God in the highest. It comes back to glory to God in the highest. So as we ponder this phrase today, and as we look at peace on earth, goodwill toward men, we're going to really spend some time on that part of these verses today. And as we ponder that phrase, you know, we're more likely going to be able to sit there and look and say, hey, you know what? Looking in the world today, 
I think we all can conclude that there's not peace on earth. There's definitely not peace on earth, but as we're going to see this morning, I think it is possible. I think it's possible to experience peace on earth in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of everything that's going on. I still believe we can see peace. But I think in order to do that, we have to overcome two common misconceptions. And the two common misconceptions are we need to adjust our understanding of the concept of peace um, to make sure it's consistent with what the Bible says is peace. And secondly, I think we need to make sure that we consider this phrase within the biblical context in which it is and the way God intended it to be. So this morning we're going to address both of these issues. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open it up. Um, We read these last week. They've been read this morning, and we're going to read it again real quick. It says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, and you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, may we truly understand what peace is. May we understand that the peace that you want us to understand and not the peace that this world sees. And Lord, may my words be yours and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the main idea. I want to make sure you don't miss the one point of the one point sermon. Okay? It's one point. One point and one point only. And it is simply this. Genuine and lasting peace comes only through faith in Jesus. Genuine or lasting peace comes only through faith in Jesus. Now see, as I mentioned earlier, there's two main reasons that we tend to miss out on this. We miss this because first we fail to understand what the actual nature of peace is. We don't understand that uh, the nature of peace that Jesus actually brings to us. And most dictionaries actually refer to the definition of peace as being this. Freedom from war and violence, especially when people live and work together happily without disagreements. Anyone experience that kind of peace? (laughs) Wow, not even married couples? None of y'all experience? Okay. (laughs) I think we can all agree that there's not a whole lot of that kind of peace in the world today. But we've got to understand that biblical peace is so much different. Biblical peace is different than what the world sees. See, we need to think of what the Jews in Jesus' day, including the shepherds, would have thought of as peace. And their concept of peace is actually based off of the word shalom. You know, it's a word used over 250 times in the Old Testament alone. And shalom actually means wholeness or well-being. So you can see shalom, the peace of shalom is a whole lot different than the peace of this earth. 
And I hope that we're going to see this kind of peace is actually available to us, even in the midst of all of our struggles, of everything that goes on in our life, that we can find this peace, this shalom in our own lives. And then the other reason I think that this causes some um, doubt is what the, actual, what the angels actually claim in verse 14. So what I want to do is I'm actually going to do a comparison between the New King James Version, which most of us are familiar with, and the English Standard Version of the Bible and how it compares. So the New King James Version, which I read earlier, says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Now, if you're going to notice, English Standard Version is a little different. It's going to start out the same. It says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. And this is where it changes. It goes on and says, among those with whom He is pleased. Think about that. Peace among those with whom He is pleased. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm really good on pleasing God all the time. So does this mean that I can't have that peace because maybe I'm not always among the ones that He is pleased? You know, I kind of like that good words, goodwill towards men. Actually, it says goodwill, wow, goodwill towards me. The end's missing. Okay. <laughs> and on a side note, just to give you a little side note on this, this is actually called a textual variant. Um, and what happens is, the original gospel that Luke wrote is not available. So over years, it has been translated. People, have, scribes have written it down back and forth. And the English Standard Version uses a different set of transcripts than the King James and the New King James use. So you have different sets of transcripts out there. And believe it or not, the difference between um, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased, believe it or not, is one Greek letter. One Greek letter makes all the difference in the world in these two translations. And a lot of times I think we get caught up in that. We get caught up in, well, I like what this version says, or I like what this version says. Ultimately, if you go back to the original Greek, you find out they're basically kind of talking about the same thing. The difference is one letter. So there's your history lesson for today. <laughs> so, of course, the one, the New King James Version, which we use the most, um, implies that Jesus came to this earth to bring peace to everybody. It implies everyone can have peace. And I would agree that's true to a sense. He has made peace available to all. It doesn't mean everyone's going to have peace, but He does make it available to all. And we know that because back in verse 10, the angels actually say it's for all people. The birth of Jesus is good news for all people. So it is for all people, but not all people will experience the peace that comes with it. I'm sure in each of our lives there's been times when we haven't experienced that peace. It's available, but we don't always experience it. Maybe it's something that we've done ourselves. Maybe it's self-inflicted that we're not getting the peace that we, that we should be getting. Maybe it's circumstances around us. Maybe it's because we don't understand peace the way Bi the Bible understands peace. 
So we're looking for a man-made peace instead of a heavenly-made peace. You know, I think we will see later that peace is available to all who put their faith in Jesus Christ, regardless of their religious heritage. And I think that's what they go back. When they're saying this is for all people, I think it's that it's not just for the Jews, it's for all people. It's for all of us to be able to experience this peace that Jesus will provide. And I think we'd also agree that just based on our own observations, um, not everyone in this world has that kind of peace or that biblical peace that's promised. And it really got me thinking when I was reading these, how can I make sure that I have the kind of peace in my life? How can I ensure that I get that peace that we're all supposed to get? Or even more importantly, how can I have peace with myself, God, and others, even in the midst of my struggles? In the midst of everything going on, how can I have peace? Give it to the Lord. <laughs> the problem with giving it to the Lord is sometimes we take it back. We give it to Him, but then we end up taking it back, which I'm very good at. I think we need to understand that peace is actually a person. So if you think of peace as some kind of absence of problems, or you think of it as absence of difficulties, well, if I don't have this problem, then I can have peace. Well, if this wasn't going on in my life, I could have peace. But then you actually seem, and you're going to seek peace out of one or two different ways. You're either going to do it through activities. You know, well, I'm just going to wake up and I'm going to think positive today. I'm going to be positive, I'm going to think positive, I'm going to meditate on positivity, or you know what, I'm going to become really religious because if I become really religious, I can have peace. You think? <clears throat> or the other thing is you try and change or remove yourself from the situation. Well, I don't like this situation, I'm not getting no peace. You know what, me and my wife got no peace, that's it, you're done, I'm leaving you. I left my wife, now I can have peace. Ain't going to work. It's not going to work that way. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> maybe, you know, if I got a... Uh, maybe if I get out of this situation or, you know, if I stop doing this or hanging out with these people, maybe I can get some peace. It doesn't always work that way because generally when you try and get away from an environment or an activity that you're doing to try and find the peace that you're not getting from there, guess what happens? It follows you. And then what do you do? You turn around, you walk right back into it. And it's a constant over and over and over again. <clears throat> and it might give you temporary relief. You might get temporary relief from it. But I don't think that's what biblical peace is all about. You see, biblical peace comes from a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. The peace that's in the Bible is the person of Jesus Christ. And we know the angels proclaim, <clears throat> proclaim that peace was coming on the earth in the form of a person, and they even identified Him as a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So certainly Jesus didn't arrive the way most people expected the Messiah to come into the world. Here He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and instead of entering with all of this royalty and all of this big commotion and you know everything that you would expect the king to come in with, 
He didn't come in as a conquering warrior. He came in as a baby in a manger in the humblest of fashions. He came in very humbled. And when God chose to announce it, He sent His messengers to shepherds, which we talked about last week. Lowly shepherds, unclean. They couldn't even go into the temple themselves. But that's who God chose to announce it to. Not to the prominent religious leaders. Not to political leaders of the day. He brought it to the shepherds. And actually, like the Apostle Paul, like gives us some more insight into this idea of Jesus as our peace. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, it says, For He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that He might create in Himself one new man in place of two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. You see, notice that there is the person of Jesus who is our peace. Paul's writing specifically here about Jesus created peace among the Jews and the Gentiles. It is through Jesus Christ that peace came into this world. But even more importantly, what we actually see here is that Jesus is the one who makes peace even possible. Only one who makes it possible. And through Him, we're able to have that peace with God because He reconciles us to God. Remember, Jesus came into the world as the Lamb of God. He came into the world to be slain for our sins and make it possible for us to be reconciled to God, which does what? It brings us peace. With him. And much of the time, our search for peace, you know, involves trying to change our circumstances. You know, like I said, maybe I'm upset with my wife. I'm, it's time, I'm leaving, I'm bailing on her. Don't do it. Or maybe you don't like your job. You know, I'm just tired of this job. I'm tired of the people. I'm, I'm quitting my job. That's it, I'm done. Maybe you just, you know, we get sick. God, I'm sick. We pray to God to give us health. We pray to God for a new job. We pray to God to change our circumstances. I don't like these circumstances. God, I need you to change them. And per, honestly, I don't think there's anything really wrong with asking God to change things, even if it's because of our own fault. You know, God, I'm hurting in my finances. Can you bless me in my finances? Of course, I just bought a brand new Bentley, but God, I want you to bless me in my finances. It may be something that we brought on ourselves. Church, I need a new Learjet. That's a joke. Don't go. <laughs> you know, but we bring it on ourselves, and I really don't think there's anything wrong with asking God to heal us, to bless us. I just think sometimes we do it wrong. And one of the things I really noticed you know, as I've spent a couple weeks here in the same verses and studying it, I noticed something that actually never occurred to me before. And after the initial announcement of Jesus Christ coming into this world by a single angel, and then we had the 
the flash mob of all the angels show up and singing. Did you notice that they begin with giving glory to God first? They gave glory to God first. And only after that was done did they proclaim proclaim that peace had come to earth. So see, I think the order of the proclamation makes a lot of sense here, and I think it's something that we need to do. Peace only comes after praising. Peace only comes after praising. The angels came and they praised God, and then peace came into this world. So I think we need to put God and His glory first in everything that we do. And I think a lot of times that's where we mess up and we don't put it that way, is we get so caught up with, I'm unhappy with this job, God, give me a new job. I'm unhappy with my finances, God, bless my finances. God, I'm unhappy with this, can you do this? God, I don't feel good, can you bless me with this? And I think we need to go back and look at, do we actually put God in His glory first? Because I truly believe if you put God in His glory first, peace will then come. So I think it's just a matter of how we approach it. It's a matter of what we do. And unfortunately, our quest for peace, I don't think we often, that we way too much get this process backwards. We don't praise God first. We don't give Him glory before we ask for what we need or what we want. You know, and I think when we do that, we'll experience peace even if we're, the situation doesn't change. I think if you start glorifying God in whatever situation that you're in that you want out of, I think a lot of times you start glorifying God, you may not get what you want, but you'll be content in that circumstance. And He can make it in that circumstance where, you know what, you realize it wasn't about the circumstances anyways. It wasn't about the finances. It wasn't about, you know, in this life I'm not having peace, God. And we start glorifying God in that situation. I think it doesn't matter what the circumstances are anymore. Because then we're changing our outlook. And instead of saying, hey God, I want something new. Maybe it's, you know what God, thank you for teaching me this where I was at. Glorifying Him where you're at. It doesn't matter if the circumstances change. It's a matter of where your focus is. Focus on Him first. You know, and, and you think about, you know, as we go through it, that verse 14 in the international, uh, English Standard still gets me. And on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. Of course, the obvious question here is, who are those who, whom He is pleased? You know, or let me make it simple. How do I become one of them He's pleased in? How do I become one of them whom He is pleased? That's what's really important because if, if He's pleased with me, I should have peace. I'm going to use my relationship with Patty. Patty has now become a sermon. Part of my sermon. Remember, if you say it, it may become part of a sermon. So Patty's part of my sermon this week. Because I love her, Patty is the object of my affection. I love her with all of my heart. So you could actually say that she would be one who I am pleased. I am pleased with my wife. 
And because of that, my love for her doesn't depend on the situation. We could have had just had a fight. We could have an argument. Anything at all. We could have a disagreement. But if someone goes to harm her, God help them. Because it will not matter if we were in a fight. It wouldn't matter the circumstance, nothing else. My love for her is going to outweigh any situation we're in to protect her. Now think about God. Put it on the other side. He loves us that much and He takes pleasure in us. It's not always about the circumstance that we're in. He loved us enough to send His Son to die on a cross. So it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. If we're you know, upset doing something, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. God is going to provide you with that peace. God help anyone who goes to hurt you. Because He's going to be there in the midst. The same way that I would be there for Patty if something happened to Patty, God will be there for us. And I think we miss that. I think we miss that so many times. Because He loves me. Because He loves me. That's what counts. God takes pleasure in serving and blessing us because that's His nature. That's the nature of who God is. And fortunately for us, it doesn't require on our worthiness to receive His pleasure. We can't make Him give us that. All we got to do is just ask. And His love towards us, in spite of our relationship or our past relationship and our repeated disobedience to Him, His love is still going to be there. And I think that's really what the Apostle Paul means when he in Romans 5, 8 that we're all familiar with. But God shows His love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Because God loves us so much, He sent His Son to die for us. Made a sacrifice that required His own Son. Now I know I have, Patty and I have a son and three daughters. I don't know if I could send my son to die for anybody. I really don't think I could do that. Which tells me why my love is not like God's love. Because He loved us enough that Christ died for us. The angels here, they're not claiming in any way that it's possible for us to be pleasing to God but rather that we're merely the recipients of the peace that results from God's love for us, from accepting the sacrifice that God gave to us. So therefore, it's nice and simple. If you put your trust in Jesus alone, you can have that peace because peace is a person. And, you know, as we look through these verses 12 through 14, I was really, you know, back and forth, and I was jotting all kinds of notes down, and I said, how would this be easy to explain? What would Ken, Pastor PK's version of verses 12 through 14 sound like? And I think it would sound something like this. 
Glory to God in the highest, whose pleasure it is to provide on earth the availability of genuine peace by sending His Son, the one who you will find wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now see, to me that kind of makes sense. It makes a whole lot more sense than, you know, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. Peace on earth and, you know, to those who he has pleasure in. It's, it was his pleasure to send Jesus for us to give us that peace. Now, although Christmas does make peace possible uh, to all, not all are going to receive that peace. Not everyone will receive the peace that comes with Christmas. And I think in Romans 15, 13, it's relevant in helping us to really understand um, how to receive the kind of peace that we've been talking about today. And in verse, uh, Romans 15, verse 13, it says, May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You see, I want to call your attention to the phrase, in believing. That's how God fills us with joy and peace. In believing. You'll notice that providing joy and peace is 100% God's work. It's God's work to give us peace. It's God's work to give us joy, not our own. But boy, do we get caught up trying to get it, don't we? We fill our life with stuff trying to get joy, trying to get peace. It all comes from God. 100% of it comes through God, and it's in the believing that we get that peace. So I think we've truly seen this morning that genuine, lasting peace comes only through faith in Jesus. That's the only way you can get it. only way you can get that genuine, lasting peace is through Jesus. And as I close this morning, I do want to encourage you that make it practical in your life. Make it practical during this Christmas time. Take in one or two actions. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, the cliches, you know, oh, I've heard this before, it's a cliche. Well, you know why cliches are there? Because most of the time they're true. And they make perfect sense. And I'm sure each one of us has had a, heard at one time, to those of you who have been trying to find peace through some other method other than putting your faith in Jesus, I can assure you, you will never find it. Man, I'm sure we've heard that a lot. I know I have. I've said it a lot too. <laughs> but it's the truth. It is the truth. So if you've never made a decision to commit your life to Jesus Christ, you know, we can do that today. Maybe you're in a group of people, you know, I've accepted Christ. I've been a Christ follower for a long time. But man, I still don't get that peace. I'm not getting that peace. I'm not getting that joy. Maybe it's a matter of refocusing. Maybe there's stuff that you've got in your life that's stealing that peace and joy from you. Maybe you just need to come up during this final song and we can pray about it.
you don't want to pray with me, you can kneel at the altar. Find a spot around a poinsettia. Give it to God. Give it to God and get that stuff for that junk out of your life so you can experience that peace that only comes through Jesus. It only comes through our life with Him. And in this time, you know, there will be trouble. God's Word says that there's going to be trouble. But even in the trouble, we can find peace. We can find peace in every situation. In John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I'd like you to just think about that. And during this final worship song, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you can do it today. You can come up front and see me. If you don't want to come up front, I'll be in the back of the sanctuary at the end of service. Maybe you just need to come up and pray. If you want to pray with me, I'll pray with you, or you can just leave it at the altar. But let's seek that peace that only comes through Jesus. Peace comes through the person of Jesus Christ. He came into this world to save us because He loved us that much. Let's show that love to Him and show that peace and joy throughout this Christmas season and beyond.